Welcome back to another episode of Inquiry, a podcast by Project Tech Conferences where we talk about all things related to tech from school to industry. My name is Annie. And I'm Daniel, and together we are your co-hosts. For our podcast launch, we've prepared a special episode. I'll be talking with Annie about her experiences in internships, gap years, and entrepreneurship. Without further ado, let's get started. Annie, why don't you start off by introducing yourself? Hi everyone, my name is Annie. I did my first year of university back in fall of 2018. I studied computer science at the University of Toronto. Later on, I did transfer to Waterloo and Wilfrid Laurier for their CSBBA program. However, in between, I'm currently taking a gap year, taking time off school to do an internship. Can you tell us about how you got into tech? Yeah, unlike a lot of my peers, I didn't necessarily have a tech background in high school. I didn't take all those CS courses offered, nor did I really had an opportunity to venture into tech with side projects. Actually, both my parents did computer science after they immigrated to Canada. So naturally, in grade 12, when I was applying to universities, they really wanted me to give computer science a try. I really had no idea what I wanted to do as a career. I remember applying for a vast array of programs from health sciences to commerce to even law abroad. Uh, But as life would turn out, I ended up going to U of T for computer science. And that's really how I got into this industry. Yeah, for sure. And I can still remember how you had applied to quite a few universities from law in England, I think, to, you know, CS here Mm -hmm. and biomed and, you know, all of that good stuff. And then um, I remember you saying that you didn't want to go into CS back in high school. But then, um, so I was kind of surprised when you said that, oh, I'm going to CS at Toronto. And, um, but, you know, looking back, things all turned out well, you know, you you like the program and all of that. So um, that's great to see. What made you decide to go Mm -hmm. with the University of Toronto? That's a great question. Actually, when it came down to picking the program in the end, for me, it was really between law abroad or computer science here in Canada. For my family, at least, the finances were a really big consideration. And U of T happened to offer quite a bit of scholarship money for me to go there. So I ended up picking it just because it was a career that offered uh, job security after graduation, as well as something that my parents really wanted me to try. And with that added financial aspect to it, it ended up working out. Yeah, Those are all very legitimate factors. Um, How has your experience at U of T been? It's been great, actually. I mean, at the end of the day, I did end up transferring from U of T, but it was a pleasant one. I mean, first year is difficult for many reasons, mainly the transition between high school and university is quite large. But I did find that U of T did provide uh, students with opportunities to get involved on campus, student support through tutoring sessions, through faculty run, additional office hours, etc. that really help support their students in making sure that we have everything we need. 
for me, I was an off-campus student. I did rent off um, off campus due to residence being quite expensive, as you might already know. And I did find that that did make things a little bit harder to really get involved on campus because of the just the sheer amount of hours you would spend commuting in the GTA. But at the end of the day, as long as you work hard enough to put yourself out there, go out of your way to join clubs, societies, there are many great ways to, to get involved. You mentioned that you lived off campus, and I know that a lot of students uh, decide to live their first year on residence, but there is quite a few that also decide to you know live a bit further away for many reasons. Um, I know that, for example, traffic in Toronto is, is really bad and all of that. So how would you describe your experience as a off-campus student? And did you find any challenges or difficulties associated to it? Overall, the experience was a good one. I felt like living off-campus, living alone did allow me to develop independence. Um, obviously, I had to learn how to cook for myself clean and keep myself accountable without anyone nagging at me or doing that for me right so that was definitely a great learning experience there were certainly difficulties in that if you have the resources and the means to live on campus i would definitely recommend it at least for first year as you're transitioning I just remember there was one night in particular, it was snowing for the first time. And you know how it is when it snows for the first time in Ontario, everyone seems to forget how to drive. There were so many accidents. It was a one lane road and I left an hour early for my midterm that night. But there were so many accidents that I ended up being, it, it ended up taking me over an hour and a half to drive that 10 20 minute <laughs> distance to school I was late for my midterm I somehow still still passed that course uh, did okay in that course but it was definitely not a pleasant experience driving is a nightmare yeah but I would say overall living off campus though on that note it did allow me to find part-time work a lot easier just because I'm not living on campus so I could commute to my work a lot quicker and it did allow me opportunities off campus uh, that I might not have had. Yeah, those are some great points. I think no matter where you live, whether it's on residence or it's uh, alone off campus, there's always different advantages and disadvantages to both living situations. And it really just depends on what you're looking for. And you briefly mentioned that you ended up taking a gap year. So after your first year, you did decide to take a year off. Why was that? Yeah, so that actually came by chance. I would have never imagined that after first year, I would have taken a full 16 months off of school. Actually, after second semester, so after my winter semester, I was accepted into Ontario's summer company program. It's a summer long program where they allow you to start your own businesses. And so I went into that. I took my summer semester off and came back to Ottawa, my hometown, took part in the business uh, program and started project tech conferences. Midway through the program, I received a call from 
a workplace that I had applied to previously or submitted my resume previously for a summer job. They had asked if I was interested in potentially interviewing and considering a role for the fall onwards. Um, I guess I didn't think too much into it, honestly. <laughs> to be honest, I wasn't, sh I wasn't expecting to receive the role. I went for it, interviewed. Uh, Mid-summer, they called me and offered me, somehow offered me a job in the fall. And because it was a 12-month internship, I did end up having to take the full year off. So you brought up the fact that she got an internship at a company. Could you tell us what, com what company this was and what your role was? I worked at Ericsson for the past 12 months as an automated test developer intern. Essentially, I just helped with designing and developing tools to support the test team. Overall, it's work that could be done at the undergraduate level, especially as a first year coming in. I would say that Ericsson has given me so many opportunities to not only develop my technical skills, but also develop my soft skills around the office. They've also given me tons of great opportunities to get involved from running events for the co-op students as a co-op captain to speaking at events such as Technovation when they came over to the Ericsson office or even getting involved in running the high school co-op program for the summer 2020 term, which unfortunately did get canceled due to COVID-19. However, all of these experiences were just really, really great opportunities to meet new people, develop my soft skills, and just give back to the community even. That sounds like a really fun experience. Now that we're on the topic of internships, I feel like a lot of students find it stressful trying to find internships because you never know how things are going to turn out, whether you're going to get the interview, whether you passed it, or if you're going to get the role. So would you have any tips for students who are currently looking to secure internships? I definitely agree. There's so much luck and even a bit of a gamble involved in finding internships. Never be discouraged. Just keep trying and don't take things personally if you don't hear back from someone. Just keep on going. You got this. But that aside, there are always three things I highly encourage you to do as a student looking for co-op. The first one is to leverage resources that your school has. So that means if you're in a co-op program, definitely look into your school's portal, find those opportunities that are unique to your school and apply to as many positions as possible that you are eligible for on there. Secondly, leverage online applications. There are so many great ones that you can find by just quickly doing a Google search. Co-op experience in tech, in city, for first years, for second years, etc. There are so many great resources online, even just directly the, the company's page will have so many listings. Make the most out of those. Apply to as many as, as you can. Obviously, make sure that each one of your applications are well thought out and you're not just, you know, using one resume for all your applications. Take the time to write those appropriate cover letters and whatnot, but definitely leverage the online resources. Last but not least, make sure to leverage your network. So your network kind of comes in two parts. The first bit being your social media network. 
those people that you can reach out by cold emailing, cold calling, sending a message on LinkedIn. Those are all great ways to reach out to people that you might not have ever met otherwise. I know as students, networking, we all know is something that we should be doing, but we're all afraid to do. Really just don't be afraid. Take that first step, you know, spend some time researching some great cold calling techniques, cold emailing techniques, write up a good template and then just send those out. The second part of networking is your your personal network. So that's your parents, your parents' friends. See if there's anyone in your your friend, your family circle who's working in the industry that you want to break into and see if they can refer you to any roles. You never know who you might come across and who might be willing to go that extra step to get you a placement. Just make sure that you leverage all the resources at your disposal. Those are some great points. I definitely agree. And for example, you said referrals and sometimes like referrals can go so far. Um, I also think that Mm -hmm. one thing to keep in mind is to always have a specific industry or um, types of companies that you would like to work for and then afterwards kind of um, finding students of higher years that have done internships in these companies or finding campus recruiters on LinkedIn for example and then reaching out and showing initiative and these people will usually be very glad to help you or jump on a call with you and companies really like people who show initiative and you never know they might have a program or a position that is available and suited for you. Absolutely. I think this is especially true for high school students. I mean, in my past 12 months, as I've gotten involved with Ericsson's high school co-op program, I've realized that for a lot of industry professionals, the high school audience is is hard to reach in that they, they don't have direct connections to high school students. And what that means is sometimes these opportunities are there. Um, Lots of big companies are now looking into high school programs, but they're just not that visible. So if you're a high school student and you see maybe an older university student who's co-oping at a place that you, you might be interested in working at, definitely reach out and even just ask them, hey, do you guys have a co-op program that you never know what you might find there? Apart from Ericsson, during your gap year, you also founded Project Tech Conferences. Could you start by telling us about how it all started? Where did you get this idea and how did you make it come to fruition? Sure. So I actually had been thinking about Project Tech Conferences and conceptualizing the initial idea of it throughout my first and second semester of university. As I briefly mentioned earlier, I went into university without that background in tech. I had really no idea what it was beyond, oh, it's what my both my parents did as a career. I had been exposed to it briefly uh, through a competition called Technovation that I took part of during high school. But beyond that, I was really clueless. Uh, going in without any experience, but actually finding out that I really did enjoy it. I really just wish that I had an earlier start, that I could have discovered it earlier and learned more about the industry before, you know, going into it. So that summer, as I was accepted into the summer company program, I really wanted to make sure that I would create something that would provide students, younger students especially, with that opportunity to learn more about technology. 
Now, in high school, I had been part of different initiatives, different organizations that promoted, you know, healthcare, business, various topics to students through various forms. And I found that one of the most effective forms were conferences. You know, you go there for one day as a high school student, you sit there, you listen to some professors share some insight, you get to ask your questions during the panel sessions. With tech, there is so many hands-on type of workshops that we can possibly hold. And definitely at the end of the day, an ideal conference for me would also have that career development session. And bringing all of those aspects together came Project Tech Conferences. And we've just been working on that since. Yeah, and I honestly feel like the mission of Project Tech Conferences is such an important one. As a high school student, I personally felt that there weren't enough um, there wasn't enough information available for me to make a very quote-unquote wise decision concerning my my university degree or what I should pursue. And um, I feel like companies like PTC really do help students access this information. While as um, when I was looking through things that might interest me, mostly it was YouTube videos and and it was people who were explaining, you know, what these programs entail, what you can do afterwards with it. So I think something like PTC mm-hmm. um, and the tech world is is really important for for students. So as any startup, I'm sure that you had quite a few bumps and challenges during the beginning. What would you say were PTC's challenges? In terms of PTC, we are a nonprofit, and I am so lucky, we are so lucky as a team that every single one of our members, whether it's from the board of directors to our newest member who just onboarded, are all volunteers, meaning there's not necessarily that aspect of financial strain or burden on us to make sure that we're able to pay people on time. With that said, I would say the biggest challenge for PTC at this at this current moment is balancing how we can expand our work and our initiatives while at the same time making sure that we're not spreading ourselves too thin. I think there are so many great initiatives that have come out of PTC in this past year from our outreach portfolio to hackathons to our publications, this new podcast here. Uh, but it's making sure that we're able to, yes, you know, put out new content, but at the same time, ensuring that we're really developing each existing portfolio appropriately and making sure that we're keeping high standards. With that, uh, I can't think thank my team enough. Honestly, they've been amazing at communicating with each other, with committing to this cause, to working diligently, and it honestly would not be possible without them. So you said that it was really important for PTC not to spread too thin, and I think that's a very interesting point. Could you develop a bit more on how you made sure that PTC wasn't spread too thin while still being able to develop multiple portfolios? I think the most important thing when we're looking at expanding our number of initiatives or just even different into different cities, different regions, is to keep our mission and our vision at the core of everything we do. So no matter whether it's a podcast episode 
or a conference or an outreach event, hackathon even, newsletter issue, we really make sure that at the core of everything we do, we keep in mind what our mission is, what our vision is. Beyond that, also having a firm plan that's transparent with your team that you have the entire team behind you on is so important. Making sure that you're not just kind of introducing new ideas here left and right, but rather have every member on your team think over it together, making sure that we're all on the same page. Yeah, I think those are some great ways to make sure that PTC stays focused while developing multiple streams of activities. So it's really quite fascinating to see how PTC has grown over the past year. I still remember back in May or June of 2019, we were just one team in Ottawa trying to figure out, you know, how are we going to organize our first conference? That conference happened in July, which was pretty successful. And then we Mm -hmm. were able to slowly expand. And now we're currently present in five regions with approximately, I would say, 50 members. So it's really great to see how your hard work has paid off in PTC and how this company has been able to expand its impact so much. What would you say played an important role in this expansion and scaling up? Well, thank you so much. But honestly, I definitely can't take the credit for it. If there's one thing that I've learned over the past year and a bit of running PTC, it's that teamwork is so important. I just remember heading into the summer company program that summer. I mean, in the nature of the program itself, I did have to start PTC as a sole proprietor, but I did very much go into the program thinking based on my past experiences in event management, event planning, that I'd be fine to just do it on my own. Obviously, I need a couple volunteers here and there. But later that summer, we brought on our first few board members, including Daniel. We brought on our first Ottawa team, as Daniel mentioned, and it just really took off. And in that moment, I realized that if I wanted to scale PTC, if as is if as a team we wanted to grow this into something bigger every single one of us would have to work together (laughs) and honestly expansion can't just be credited to one person's hard work we all worked hard together from marketing uh, creating all the campaigns to head of conferences really defining those roles that are needed recruiting Um, every single board member was incredibly hands-on in the recruitment expansion process and it's really when we come together that we're able to succeed yeah and it's honestly been such a fun time working with everyone at ptc everyone is so dedicated to the mission and the goal and we can really see where this has been able to lead us so You touched upon a few times this summer program, which helped you start PTC. Could you talk a bit more about it and how it helped make and how it helped you make PTC come to life? So the summer company program is funded by the government of Ontario, available across various cities in Ontario. I personally, as I mentioned earlier, went back to my hometown, Ottawa, for this program. So it was run and led by Invest Ottawa in my city. 
what they basically did is provided you with up to $3,000 of funding as well as lots and lots of workshops to help you learn those necessary skills from accounting to read how to register for as a business legally to how to put yourself out there. Honestly, those workshops were incredibly helpful in just putting PTC together and really getting us started. But I would say even more so, definitely the funding aspect uh, went a long way in helping us launch our first event and continues to to help support us. I'm curious, when would you say was the point where you realized that PTC could grow into a considerable size company? I think Ever since the beginning, I had the goal of wanting to at least hit two cities. I mean, I went back to Ottawa for that for the program during the summer. So obviously we started our first region in Ottawa, but I knew or I had originally planned to after that summer return back to school. So I had already hoped that when I did go back to school that I could bring it with me to Toronto. However, I think it wasn't until we formalized our team structure earlier this January when I really realized that this has the potential to grow from beyond just conferences. I mean, we launched our outreach portfolio in February, our our publications launched in June, and from there, our board members and members just in general have been amazing at coming up with new innovative ideas, being flexible, and from there, building off of each other, we're able to expand and really increase our, our initiatives and impact. So to kind of end off this PTC segment, what would you say was, was and is your biggest takeaway and lessons from your experience as a CEO? I would definitely say to be open uh, and be flexible. There are so many great ideas that just came off of meeting one-on-one with our fellow members. In fact, I remember very clearly the first time I met Apollo, our CCO. He just had all of these wonderful ideas, including our newsletter and this podcast here. I think being open to everyone's ideas will get you so far. So as summer comes to an end, you are also wrapping up your gap year and your internship and you're heading back to school like many of us. What would you say were the pros and cons of taking a gap year? And would you recommend it to people who are thinking about it right now, especially since due to the circumstances, a lot of first years are considering it? Absolutely. I would 100% recommend taking a gap year. I've learned so much over this past 16 months from being able to really, you know, sit down and think about what I want to accomplish in life. I feel like the transition from high school into university was so quick. First year just flew by. I never really had that time to sit down and really think about what exactly is it that I want to accomplish with my degree, what impact I want to make with my life. But having taken these 16 months off, I really had the time to reflect on on where I want to be. And that's given me a much clearer vision of what I want to be doing. That aside, I think I do recognize that 
not everyone has the privilege and opportunity to take time off of school. I mean, personally, I was able to take my summer term off and not have to do work and just spend all that time into PTC. I recognize my own privilege there and that not everyone has that opportunity. However, if you do have the financial means to do so, definitely take some time off, even if it's just to think. Um, given the current situation, if you are thinking of taking time uh, time off of school and you're unable to find work, I would say there are different ways in which you can develop your own skills without being in school. There are so many great resources, especially if you're looking to break into the tech industry, from even just working on your own side project to taking free online courses to even just self-learning and going off of that. I think there nowadays there's so much of a pressure for students to right after they graduate high school to head into university, graduate as soon as possible and head into the work industry. I, in fact, I remember when I was in high school in grade 12 that summer before university, I had set this crazy plan for myself that throughout university, I would take at least, you know, five, six classes, maybe even seven, definitely classes all throughout my summers so that I can graduate a year earlier. Taking this gap year off um, and, you know, transferring programs caused me in the end to graduate maybe two, three years later than I had originally intended. But I really realized that life isn't a competition of how fast you can get into the workforce. You know, take the time you need off and just use that time for yourself. I think the last point you made was a very good point. And I definitely agree. I think there's a lot of hype nowadays put on, you know, graduating early and then finding a, a good and stable job and then you know um, all of that quote-unquote more traditional route and I think that while not all gap years will be as packed as your experience was for example internships creating a company I think um, whether it's you know just traveling a bit or taking some time to kind of reflect on what it is that you really want to do and accomplish in life um, that can also be very valuable experiences. And I think at the end of the day, your experience with your gap year is as good as you make it to be. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Would you say that there are any disadvantages to taking a gap year or any situations where you wouldn't recommend someone take it? It really depends on the person, I guess, and how you define and where you want to be in life. Obviously, taking a gap year off of school does set you back by a year. So if you're set on graduating within X amount of years, um, maybe taking a gap year isn't for you. But as someone who once had that mindset, I would highly recommend you, if you are currently thinking that way, to really reflect why is it exactly that you want to graduate in X amount of years and really encourage you not to judge others who do take a gap year because we never know really what they're going through. As as you mentioned, Daniel, there are so many different reasons why you might take a gap year and it's not necessarily always for work. It could be for traveling or it could even be for medical reasons. But all in all, I just feel like that that pressure of graduating in, in a traditional, you know, four years uh, after four years of university 
just shouldn't be there. So with all this talk about not heading back to school, I kind of want to turn the conversation around and ask you where you are headed. <laughs> yeah, so I'm headed back to the University of Waterloo and Wilfrid Laurier University for their double degree in computer science and business administration. So you started off your university career at U of T and CS. Why did you transfer to this double degree that you are in now? I think uh, for a multitude of reasons. The first one being campus life. I found that I resonated a little bit better with the student support, the clubs available, the focus of the school even uh, at Waterloo than at U of T. But definitely the program that I'm really grateful to be transferring into is uh, due to my newfound interest in business. Actually, after experiencing PTC, I really wanted to further my education in business so I can learn how to develop PTC into something even better, even greater. As someone who's also completing a double degree, these kind of combined programs has always fascinated me. Could you explain a bit more about how your program works? Because I know um, from university to university, it can differ. Yeah, for sure. So for our high school listeners who may not be too familiar with how university works, in order to complete a degree, you'll need to complete a set amount of requirements. So that's typically you need to have at least either one major, or a specialization, as well as some program requirements. Within major, minors, and specializations, the difference is in the amount of courses that you're required to take that's relevant to the program. For example, if I'm taking a major in computer science, I might be required to fulfill 15 classes in computer science versus a, when I, if I were to opt for a minor in computer science, I might only need to take four. Obviously, those numbers are made up <laughs> and not accurate, but I hope that gives you a better idea of the difference between majors, minors, specializations. Obviously, you'll just need to take more courses, even more courses and specialize in that particular topic. So essentially how the double degree program works at Waterloo and Wilfrid Laurier is that on the Waterloo side, you'll be completing your bachelor's of computer science. That means taking all the required courses for either a major in computer science um, as well as an option if you wanted to and completing all the program requirements for that degree. It so happens that with the prog- with any program and any major, you will be having electives as well. In this program's case, you'll be filling all your CS electives with your business courses. So while on the other hand, on the Laurier side, you'll be completing the Bachelor's of Business Administration by taking all those required courses for your business major, as well as the program requirements, and filling all those electives with technically your CS courses that you're taking on the Waterloo side. So the two schools have kind of worked together to work out the requirements, and I'm sure an admissions officer would be able to explain it better than I can. I think that's a really cool program, and I really like the fact that, you know, it gives you a lot more options once you graduate, if you ever, if your interests ever kind of change throughout the years and can always still keep the CS side while trying to incorporate into a more business kind of industry. 
So I think that's always a good thing to have.、Mm-hmm. This is kind of a stretch, but where do you see yourself headed after graduation? I actually don't know, and I think that's one of the beauties of having co-op along with your program.、Uh, by having co-op terms, you really can go out there and try out different roles in different industries. I mean, I just did twelve months in the telecom industry. I'm looking forward to spending my rest of my co-op terms in my new program, in exploring business opportunities. Maybe try trying out consulting, tech consulting, or working a more software-related role. I'm definitely really open to anything life throws at me. I think yeah, biggest takeaway so far in life has just been keeping keep an over open mind for any opportunities that come your way. So who knows? Maybe I'll even be back at school. How did you find it working in the telecom industry? And would you go back? It was definitely interesting. I mean, as an intern, our knowledge was and is very limited. In that, there's、um, it's so com- complex, and it's not something that we would just be able to come to understand within the twelve months that I was there for. However. It was really interesting to to be able to work or contribute even just a little bit on a product that's being used around the world.、Uh, I mean, five G is pretty cool, right? And I'm definitely not ruling that out. So we're slowly preparing to wrap up our conversation today, and I'd just like to end off by asking you what your vision for PTC is in the upcoming years, and what would you like to see it accomplish. In the upcoming years, I hope that PTC can continue growing. I mean, just in terms of regions alone, I hope we're, we're able to reach more, especially those regions in which tech might not be might not have the biggest scene. I definitely hope that we're able to continue to increase our impact in different ways as well. One in particular that's currently being developed is、uh, financially through our scholarship program. We're really trying. To scale that and hope that that can make an impact on many students' lives. Would you have any advice for students who like to start a company or just go into entrepreneurship? I definitely recommend you to just go for it. I mean, so many times we forego opportunities because we feel like we're not enough, we're not smart enough, we don't know enough. But really. Just put yourself out there and learn along the way. Admit that yes, perhaps I don't. I'm not the most knowledgeable in this area, but find mentors. Find someone who can help you through it. There are so many people out there who are willing to help you. And if you're in that position right now and you want someone to talk to, I'd be more than happy to have you reach out to me. Awesome. That was our last question. Thank you so much for coming and having a chat with me, Annie. Thank you so much for having me. That concludes episode zero of the inquiry. Thanks so much for tuning in and having us be a part of your journey to code your future. Make sure to follow us on our social media to stay in the loop and for a chance to have your questions answered in our next episode. See you then.